Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin, and before we get started today, I'd just like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. They are the traditional owners of the land, which I'm coming to you from today. This is land where we here at Brainways tell our stories, and land where stories have been told by the traditional owners for many years before us. I'd like to also pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. So today on Brainwaves, uh, we are actually going to be speaking to Janelle and Frankie from Vimiac. Um, they're here to talk about the lived experience workforce and supporting peer workers. Uh, last week we had Janelle and Frankie on the show, but just in case you missed it, let me just give you a little bit of a, a rundown on them both uh, before we get started. So Janelle, she, her is a peer worker from the check-in program. Um, Janelle has always been passionate in creating spaces for people to learn more about themselves and the world that they live in. And Janelle values collaboration and collective care. She previously volunteered as a pregnancy support worker within her local community. And prior to peer work, she worked in theatre as a stage manager and creative advisor. As a registered expressive arts therapist, Janelle continues to bring her love of creativity to conversations with others. And Frankie They Them is also a peer worker for the check-in program. Frankie grew up on the uh, Birrarung, or by the Birrarung, I should say, um, on Warrenjeri Woiwurrung country in Warburton um, as part of the Kulin Nations. They are interested in peer narrative practice that invites conversations outside of the biomedical model of pathologization in mental health. They are very passionate about finding connections across the consumer and ex-survivor patient movement and other movements that seek to create worlds with less harm, coercion and punishment. So welcome back, both Janelle and Frankie. Um, we've had you both on the show before to talk about our the, your check-in program. And today we're here to talk about peer support and the lived experience workforce. For, now, for our listeners who may not be familiar, familiar with what that is, would you be able to explain? So lived experience workforce is um, a, a newly developing workforce. Um, in our context, we speak to um, people who have lived experience of mental health challenges and people who have had encounters with the mental health system. Um, but really, like, that can be broadened out much more broadly. So I think about, um, you know, historically Aboriginal health workers who um, were working within that field, you know, that's lived experience work um, and people who have had relationships with alcohol and other substances and drugs um, that's lived experience work 
Um, and hopefully, hopefully lived experience work will continue to um, branch out further than just mental health um, and that there'll be a recognition of the expertise that lived experience has for many, for all sectors. Yeah, I agree totally. And I think also just lived experience for the individual and what their experience means. And, and that can be so much more than mental health or even the work that they do. It can be you know, the, the, where they lived, you know, all sorts of different things. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So how does Vimeac support the lived experience workforce within their organisation? Well, as a basis, Vimeac um, actually only hires people that have a lived experience. So everyone that is working um, within Vimeac um, identifies as having a lived experience, which I think is kind of huge as a way of supporting the lived experience workforce, um, making that, um, yeah, offering lots of opportunities um, for people that have lived experience to either enter the workforce or enter the lived experience workforce by you know using this expertise um, and being able to declare that as well. Definitely. And peer support work can be challenging at times. So peer support workers are known to suffer from burnout or mental fatigue. Um, how do you believe peer support workers can look after themselves? And, and really, should that responsibility be on the peer support worker alone? Um, I feel like the work of Vicky Reynolds, who is a yeah, Canadian-based uh, social worker and activist, her work here on burnout is really interesting because you know, she kind of speaks to the fact that the people that we're working with aren't burning us out. It's actually um, particular systems of violence that we're working within that burn us out. So, for example, you know, um, working with folks who are responding to um, not being able to get into um, the, not being able to access the mental health services that they really need, actually, um experiencing that as a peer worker and seeing um yeah the the impact of that and also the resilience and the ability to notice how people are responding to those hardships um so I feel like there's a way there's a way for it needs to be a collective responsibility um and we need to be able to think about the collective care how we're looking up after each other what kind of practices keep us um, in the work aligned with our collective ethics, you know, what are our collective ethics um, and, and how can we continue to be in the work um, to be best of service to the people that we um, are there to serve. Mm. Sounds like a lot of conversations really that need to start to, in order to get a lot of that sort of thing happening. Yeah. And something um, that, I feel as well as has been really important, particularly for, well, from at least from my experience as a peer worker, has been um, this approach that no peer worker should or lived experience worker should have to work alone. Um, and the importance, as Frankie mentioned, this sense of collective care, um, mm. where being able to access um, or have um, conversations with other people that um, are in either similar roles um, to be able to talk about how to navigate um, being a lived experience worker, um, whether you're in, um, you know, an organisation like Vimiac or otherwise where there are a mix of, you know, clinical and non-clinical staff. Um, yeah, being able to 
learn from um, and walk alongside others that are experiencing um, that, I think can be really important um, to, to be able to approach the difficulties that, um, that can come up. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think having that shared space that allows for reflection is, is really important as well. And yeah, having that, um, I think would be beneficial to any organization that would implement um, that as well. So how do you then support um, the peer support workers to ensure that they're looking after themselves? And you did mention it a little bit, but what is collective care and how can it be implemented? I think um, that, I mean, within the check-in team, um, we have a pretty small team, so it's Janelle and I. Um, but I think it's really important to um, be able to know why you came to the work to start off with and to be really clear about um, what those values are because um, particularly if you're working within a setting, a clinical setting and you're the only peer worker, we can really find ourselves being recruited to um, ways of being that actually we we actually stand against um, mm. and I know within our um, we have a group where we um, support lived experience workers um, and I know that we've had conversations around not wanting to do the harm that was done to us within services and so I think that's a really that was you know, that conversation was incredibly important because that allowed us to really think, well, how can we how can we hold each other accountable around that as peer workers? How can we check in about the effects of, of our practices? Um, and how can we, because, you know, we can't keep ourselves accountable. We need to have a, a team, you know, Vicky, to use Vicky Reynolds' words, we need to have a solidarity team where we can actually call on people and, and ask people to give us that difficult feedback in love you know like um, yeah it's this ability of not having to carry the burden alone <laughs> absolutely yeah and also inviting people to um yeah to i guess remind us of the values that we do carry and um have, offer us reflection of um whether we are or aren't being recruited into um yeah ways of being that um, perhaps aren't completely aligned to um, lived experience um, or you know, the individual values even that we hold. Yeah, it sounds like it's really important to have that extra support and it might be a gap there, I think, for a lot of organisations who may have one or two, you know, lone lived experience workers um, who don't have the support around them to be able to, you know, confide in peers and, you know, get that feedback, which is really important so that they stay, as you said, aligned with their own values and true to themselves and why they got into the work in the first place. So I guess that leads to my next question, uh, which is, I think we all know that, you know, the value of lived experience, um, you know, most organisations now have a lived experience workforce, which we've just sort of discussed. How can we ensure that organisations are really effectively integrating their lived experience workforce in a way that just doesn't benefit the organisation? Well, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think about the histories that we're a part of, and I think that that's really important to talk about, you know, um, we were here because we're standing on the shoulders of, you know, a movement, consumer ex-patient survivor movement who were really advocating for alternatives to coercive and punishing 
treatments within psychiatry. Um, and I think about, you know, the founder of um, Intentional Peer Support, Sherry Mead, who said, you know, peer work is never supposed to be about making services more effective. It's supposed to be about social change. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult when we think about now peer work being inside clinical services and how, how do we reckon with these quite opposing models That's of right. being because they're actually, you know, like peer work is about intentional peer support anyway, you know, paying attention to the relationship that you have with someone. Um, you know, we're not treating, we're not trying to treat or fix someone's illness. We're actually paying attention to the relationship that we have together and we're, we're tracking it and we're navigating it and we're working out what that can bring to both of our lives. Um, so it's, it's a real challenge. I think that it involves a lot of cultural change for mainstream organisations. You can't just get in one peer worker and then... Um, fixed. Yeah, and, and yeah. You know, like assume assume that that peer worker is going to do all of the education yeah. for you. It's a lot of work. It's, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that's definitely food for thought. And I might add some uh, notes for our listeners at the end of this um, with some information about some of the people that you've mentioned as well. So if people would like to read more about their work, I think that would be really useful too. So um, can you explain what the term peer drift is and how, I guess, uh, organisations can avoid that? Peer drift is a process of moving away from the values of peer support. So when I think of um, intentional peer support, that for me a really big value in that is mutuality. So peer drift might be um, instead of... Um, maintaining a mutual relationship it might be by adopting um, a position of um, power or authority and, and not inviting someone into a, a mutual space or a mutual relationship um, and I think this can often come up when we are um, surrounded in um, policies and procedures um, that aren't necessarily, haven't been necessarily created from the perspective of um, a consumer mm -hmm. or of how it would be most beneficial for a consumer. And so, I mean, as you can imagine, if you are um, maybe the, the one lived experience worker or um, from a mi the minority of um, organisation, it can be really easy to kind of um, adopt um, oh. other ways of working totally especially when you're often told that this is for the participant's safety or you know those kind of things come up you know you yeah. feel like well this the word safety then triggers all these feelings in you that you have to do what's best for the participant so then you're falling in line then I think with some of those yeah practices that you said that don't align with your values it's like how do you overcome that how does an organization overcome that I think one way is rather than just setting um having um, complete and stagnant structures actually questioning um, and reviewing different policies and processes and ways of being um, by you know inviting consultation with lived experience um, consumers and workforce um, to you know ask is this working is it not and by inviting um, people to be um, to have reflective practices 
um, to have supervision from um, someone that also has a lived experience to be I guess open to change mm. <laughs> um, and um, be supportive of these different ways of being um, I say different ways of being I guess in relation to you know being a lived experience worker versus um, a clinical worker that doesn't have a lived experience you know there's different um, we bring something different to the work and and that should be valued rather than um, change to kind of fit into a pre-existing um, model. model yeah and do you think they can work together alongside well um I think it's yet to be seen I, I hope that that conversations like what we're having today can you know give food for thought for both organizations and for peer workers to you know try and find that middle ground because I think it is a difficult space and I think you know for the most part we all want to get to that same point but I think yeah, we do need to be open to having more conversations for sure and listening to each other and, and being a little bit more flexible. Um, so are there any other barriers for peer workers that often don't really get a mention? I think um, really uh, people um, thinking about like what workforce readiness looks like, you know, for some folks coming into, you know, a lived experience role, perhaps they have been in the workforce for a while, but often there's many of us who our mental health challenges have meant that our sometimes our education has been really impacted or our employments have been really um, impacted. And so thinking about like what will that actually involve in supporting um, this person to come on board and, and do you have the resources and do you, are you actually flexible with timelines and is your, is your um, work environment um, neurodiverse, you know, inclusive and affirmative and you know what kinds of practices are you actually changing and reflecting on as as Janelle said in order for it to be not just a place where it's um you know it's wanted but it's also welcomed and and deeply encouraged to have lived experience yeah yeah to be supported I think means that you need to be open and willing to change as well um you know we can't just say that yes, we support lived experience workforce, but then not actually have the actions to follow through with what supporting someone um, in, a, you know, a peer worker role might be. And for some, for one individual, that might be considering um, different working hours, or it may be considering why someone might have a, um, a gap in their resume mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, palming them off and aside and saying, oh, no, you know, that doesn't look great, mm -hmm. um, you know, looking deeper and, and valuing the expertise of the person's experience over, um, you know, just certificates and, um, and titles on a resume. 100% absolutely yeah and and just on that I know that there was a um a training provider who were uh, providing the cert for in mental health and peer work but um one of their um prerequisites was that you couldn't have a criminal record and you know um thinking also about yeah lived experience of incarceration and mental health you know how those intersect and yeah. um so you know we kind of we this really kind of brought around a conversation of like well if we're building the lived experience workforce who is and isn't being included in that um, workforce and how we can actually think much more broadly about um, 
that I think is an incredibly important thing to think uh, about. Absolutely. Well, you both have got some great things to say about this and it's been awesome having you on the show. So who would be, I guess, your biggest influences in this type of work? Oh, this is a good question. I feel kind of silly because the ones that we've, the for me, like two of the people that I often um, am influenced by um, are two people that we've mentioned already, Sherry Mead and Vicky Reynolds. Um, I absolutely love their work and um, have been really challenged by um, some of the trainings that they've offered as well. Um, and it's definitely impacted um, me in, in a great way um, in yeah my journey into peer work. Yeah, I definitely think... Um... I think about all of the and people people who have not been named like I think about all of the unnamed um, folks who were yeah incarcerated because of their mental health challenges and you know I'm talking about people throughout the ages um, people who have advocated in ways that um, you know have meant their survival Um, so in many ways you know when I think about who inspires me, um, it's kind of like people who have not been recognised or people who haven't been named um, but whose resistances, you know, are on the walls of seclusion units and, you know, like, and so thinking about that as, um, yeah, who we serve and who we look to and who we're accountable to and those those histories are really important for me to be linked to. I I guess I was just reminded as well that the community members that we work alongside and have you know their stories as mm-hmm. well and the collective lived experience and lived and living experience um, community members is absolutely something that influences um, this type of work and influences me in this type of work um, knowing that yeah where we are now it has been shaped and um benefited by the um the histories and the stories and the struggles um of all of the people before us Mm. um and you know continues to be to be developed by the stories that we hear and 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 don't hear as well um in our day-to-day um work and you know lives in general and i think that's what's so beautiful about the peer um, workforce is that you know we're all working together with people experiencing similar things and through that we're you know um, evaluating the work we do constantly we're looking at how we can you know integrate new ways of working with people based on the stories that we hear based on the people that um, share with us and, and and in those spaces so I think that's really awesome yeah so what is something you hope to achieve in the future with the work that you're doing now um, for me, I think about um, being able to collaborate with other lived experience organisations. So um, I'm thinking particularly about Vixen Collective, um, which is a sex worker run organisation um, advocating for sex worker rights. And I think that um, what feels really valuable for me is actually being able to think about, yeah, collective work across um, different sectors and across different experiences and thinking about 
um, how lived experience actually um, is so important in um, delivering services and supporting communities. So I would really love to, yeah, and yeah, across across different experiences, love to just mm. collaborate and um, and find ways to support community members. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Frankie. The um, taking like a collaborative community approach is something that feels um, really valuable to me um, because, you know, it means that rather than just being siloed and um, only working from the capacity of, you know, what resources that one organisation or, or one um, project has, um, you're kind of leaning um, on the and leaning on the strengths um, of others as well to meet um, people wherever they're at mm. um, and be celebrating and um, and developing skills in, in so many different areas, um, yeah, rather than just the expertise of, um, that you as an individual carry. Absolutely. So um, alongside the check-in program, you both run some wellbeing workshops for peer workers. What is involved in those workshops? So these groups came about from um, consumer workers and, yeah, peer, peer workers joining our other groups and saying, look, we really want a co-reflective space to get together as um, lived living experience workers. Could you start a group? Um, so we did that towards the end of last year and that involves some similar narrative practice um, activities, um, some arts-based activities, um, and also some reflections around um, power and privilege and, and thinking about that in a complex sense. So not just, you know, we often as peer workers speak about um, clinical language and 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 power and privilege in that way, but also thinking about um, that point I made earlier around um, not not doing the harm that has been done to us so and how we can hold each other accountable as a workforce um so yeah I think I think for us it's 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 also a really important space where we get to reflect with other peer workers and 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 people who are using their lived experience across different um organizations and you have some amazing facilitators that support your wellbeing groups. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, so um, we have for the um, trauma-informed um, movement practices or, or yoga, um, we have Maylai Swan. Um, she is a trauma-informed yoga practitioner um, and brings in um, a lot of like somatics and embodiment um, also offers a bit of like psychoeducation as well, um, which is I always find really um, interesting um, within the practice. Um, and we also have a YAPL work practitioner. We've um, worked with a few different YAPL work practitioners as well. Um, and we've just started um, engaging with um, Walter, um, who is yeah one of the YAPL work um practitioners that um, also brings his own lived experience to of well his own um, experiences and, and expertise um, yeah it's it's always interesting I guess working with different um, facilitators because they each bring um, their own flavor to yeah. the mix um, yeah which is um, 
a really fun experience for me at least um, to get to know um, how other facilitators work and um, and their vibe, I guess, to the group. Sorry, and if I can just add um, with Walter's contribution. So Walter is a Wadri man who works up in um, Queensland. He works with um, incarcerated Aboriginal men using Wayapa um, over Zoom and he um, uses a lot of visualisation um, and he he's also... Um, he also has kind of leads us in conversations around um, First Nations knowledges and also kind of scientific knowledges. So, for example, we had a conversation around how it's really important to get enough daylight um, in the day um, for mental health. And he was kind of saying, this is First Nations knowledge. You know, we always knew that we had to see a sunrise and a sunset. Um, and now science is kind of just recognising that that's good for our well-being. Okay. So, um yeah, having that having that embedded into our programs has been a real honour. Wow, that's amazing. So if people would like to find out more about the peer workshops, how can they do that? So they can either give us a call, 1-800-845-009. Um, we also have information on um, the Vimiac website um, and we also often post on Eventbrite when we have group programs um, that people can sign up via that avenue as well. All right. Well, I'll be sure to include as much information as I can in the show notes for today's show. I really do think that the three of us could have this conversation for hours. There's so much to talk about in this space. It's really admirable what you're both what you both are doing here and I hope that you continue with this work because it is super important. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge with us. It's been fantastic to have you both here. Thanks, Kaylin. It's been awesome um, being a part of it. Thanks, Kaylin. Love the work that you do. Love Brainwaves. Thanks to Janelle and Frankie for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and insight with our listeners. Um, we really appreciate it. I'll be sure to include some information about the things that we discussed today in our show notes. I really hope that everyone enjoyed today's show. You can find more of our shows um, on our new Brainwaves website, which has been updated, which is brainwaves.org.au or on the 3CR website, uh, 3cr.org.au or on Spotify, wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. And if you have a story to share or if you'd like to send us some feedback or suggestions on future shows, uh, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe. We will be back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.